Welcome to episode number 186 of the Tao Talk podcast. This is Casey. And this is Chris. And we are geeking out on some stuff uh, this week, lots of news. But before we get into it, we do want to take a moment of silence for a couple of uh, people who passed away this week, unfortunately. We've got Darth Vader, the man behind the mask himself, David Prowse, uh, did pass away. Um, as well as Hugh Keys Byrne uh, from the Mad Max series. So, you know, a couple of legendary actors in their own perspective, uh, respective franchises there. And um, yeah, they will be missed. So we'll just take a moment to respect them. So um, let's. You want to put this first, this this announcement here? Yeah, because it's going to affect a few things that we talk about. It, I know that we usually talk about this stuff in the movies, but we do do DC before all that. So, yeah. so let's let's geek out first because it's yeah. kind of news, and then we'll get into it. So, first things first. Um, you know, what are we geeking out on, Chris? Like, uh, I'll start because I am. I just beat Spider Man last night. Miles Morales, Spider Man. Um, it was powerful. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna give any spoilers, but you know, uh, I get why people have been liking it more than the other one. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't at the time care as much about like the Mary Jane missions and like finding the pigeons. They were like minor annoyances, but like didn't super bother me because the game was so fun. But with those kind of things, like the fat trimmed miles is just a more concise game. Um, and yeah, it was, it was amazing. The ending was really good and I'm half debating using new game plus because fortunately, unfortunately you have to have new game plus in order to gain certain costumes and abilities. Right. Also, I'm not sure why you're not finding the pigeon mission. Cause that was fun. Oh, there's another pigeon mission. There is. Of course there is. Jesus. All right. Well, anyway, um, that's what I've been geeking out on. Uh, super, super fun times with that Miles game and, you know, using my, my PS5 uh, to the best of its abilities. And, um, yeah, there you go. That's great. Yeah, um, I put Miles on the back burner for the last week. I got back, kind of let those games go, uh, you know, ebb and flow a little bit. So I was playing Valhalla for the for the most part this week and and trying to beat Astro's playground. Oh, yeah, uh, so yeah. yeah, just enjoying that that PS5 uh all of it. You know, it's it's great. Um yeah, it was funny if you just mentioned Miles I was like, damn, I gotta get back to that game. I forgot. <laughs> I like got so like I got so wrapped up in just going into villages and and blending in and and then getting drunk and then assassinating people. It's 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 too much fun than making traps out of dead bodies. Yeah, it's 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 you know good good wholesome fun in in Valhalla. <laughs> I will get there. Um, the next is I I really got to go back to um, Last of Us and post COVID. Yeah, I got to get back to Last of Us. It's been depressing, so I'll take my time with it and I'll mix it in with uh, Horizon Zero Dawn because I never did get to finish that. Yeah, you got to finish that before the new one. Yep. All right, so yeah, let's go deal with the elephant in the geek room, uh, which is WB uh, HBO Max announcement. 
Uh, Warner Brothers said that all of their movies for the 2021 slate uh, will be premiering on HBO Max and in theaters uh, simultaneously wherever theaters are open. Um, This is what they call a temporary uh, thing, you know, because of the pandemic and all. I don't think when you do that, you'll be able to go back. What What are your thoughts on that? As you know, my thoughts from the beginning has always been this. Uh, I think that the hybrid model is the way to go when it comes to movies these days. It's, yeah, it took COVID to do it, but like you just said, it's like, how do you go back? More and more people aren't going to the theater. It's getting more expensive. You know, the tickets themselves aren't, aren't changing a whole lot, but the experience of getting food and all that, it costs an arm and a leg. Um, and also it's, kind of people are kind of you know have we lived learning COVID it's kind of gross to go out in public too so all that stuff you know for me I love going to the theater but I would love to have that option to stay home um, and enjoy it on my own entertainment system and it would it would probably influence me to buy a better one too yeah definitely good for the best buys of the world <laughs> you know what I mean I want to ask you a question real quick. I'm sorry. Yeah. Just in regards to how much money Mulan made. Because I somebody wanted to argue about that with me. And I just I forgot what, what the whole idea. They did make money by by having it on, on digital, right? Right. So here's a couple things. Um, I'll say Mulan and I'll say Tenet too. Um, so Mulan cost $200 million. It made $70 million in the box office. Um, but with Disney, it supposedly made probably like $300 million or so. Um, so, you know, it had a lot of controversy as well at that time. And it didn't do well in China, which is where typically you would make a lot of money in overseas. So um, it didn't do as well over there, but I believe it did make a lot of money. <laughs> um, Unlike Monster Hunter, which just got banned. Did it? Yeah, I heard <laughs> that. And then, um, but Tenet, Tenet actually only opened up in theaters overseas. It really didn't even open in America. It cost $205 million. It made $357 million. And that is not, like I said, it's not really counting any American numbers. Only a small, I think it only made $57 million of it in America. So the other $300 million was overseas. So wow. it was a success. Wow, good. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, you know, putting it, for free, quote unquote, for HBO Max, HBO Max needs big movies because it doesn't have any. Um, and their original stuff is good for I, almost like a niche in some way. You know what I mean? Like I like Big Little Lies. You do. But it's not like it's something that everybody's really going to be into necessarily. Um, so they need some. You know, they need a Wonder Woman. They need a a Suicide Squad and a Harry Potter eventually and all that kind of stuff. So this is a win for them because they're going to bring in a bunch of people who aren't subscribed to the service. You might only charge them $15, but like people who have gym memberships, that $15 is probably going to be coming to you forever as opposed to that one time fee that you got them in the into the um, into the box office. So. 
I mean, if if you're a normal movie goer, I mean, most people go to movies once a month, I would say. Maybe, right? Yeah. So, I mean, right there, if you're spending $15 on a ticket, maybe more because you're bringing along your your partner or your friend or whatever. Um, I mean, it just the pricing is, is... When people complain about the pricing of streaming services, I just kind of shake my head. That's it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But um, anyway, so uh, like you said, this will probably come up many times during today's episode. So um, just what that what that means overall for the movie industry, like will Disney say anything which they haven't responded yet? You know, the other Sony, et cetera, like what's happening? You know, uh, what does this mean for everybody else? And um if if Warner Brothers, who put out Tenet, has the ability to make four hundred million dollars off a movie overseas and in America, because things will slowly open up, um, I I it might be a win win for everybody. Absolutely. Um, all right, so let's get into Marvel news here. Uh, first things first, we've got some Miss Marvel news. So the uh, live action show. Um, which we actually have some pictures of the filming, which is happening right now, uh, which is crazy. Um, but we've got a casting news. Uh, I, I don't even know who this character is, so I because I don't read this comic. But Dan Matt Lintz is cast in a key role. Yep. Yeah, this okay. is um, all these shows are underway. It's great to see that because they were delayed. Uh, but it just makes me really excited for when they will come out which probably means we'll get a a huge slate of 2021 you know i just i don't see them really pushing much more if they're getting getting the stuff filmed and getting the editing room uh and with wandavision hitting early and then the news that you know cap and winter soldier uh is going to hit after that um you know it's just one after another could be coming out in 2021 and that's really exciting um yeah i i i'm pumped and sorry because i'm not familiar with he's playing her best friend bruno i just you know i don't read that comic (laughs) uh okay uh eternals uh which has finished filming which is probably more in the uh post production status at this point because it was supposed to come out in november um now it got pushed back who knows maybe an entire year uh, we might be getting a little bit of a tie to Thanos um, in some of the marketing, uh, like a, a little bit of a connection there uh, with Thanos. And, you know, that doesn't surprise me whatsoever since he literally shaped the multiverse and, and how things are going to go in, in Marvel Phase 5. or What, what are we, 4? 4 and, and beyond. Four. So, yeah, 4. Yeah. So, Whatever. Sure. Of course, Thanos will probably even get mentioned numerous times throughout the next 10 movies. Yeah, I mean, he he was the last of the Eternals, so mm-hmm. it's it makes a lot of sense. It'll be it'll be nice because a lot of people this is going to come out of left field to a lot of people now that Guardians didn't. Uh, so it's not like people are this is new to anybody now, which is great because now we have more and more obscure characters on screen. Um, and I'm really excited for the Eternals uh, and I really want to see where it where it sits in in MCU. Yeah, I agree. Um, Hawkeye, the Disney Plus show, has started filming. Uh, we saw you know Jeremy Renner's you know chair <laughs> on yeah. set. 
uh, which is cool. Um, but then we also got some casting news this week. Um, we've got, uh, you know, a character named Clown that might be coming. Um, Florence Pogue, who is from the Black Widow movie, Yelena Belova, who's sister of uh, Black Widow. She's going to be in it. Um, I don't know. There's a bunch of different random people, like Hawkeye characters. But the one thing that we have not seen, which Haley Stanfield, you know, is still rumored. It's not even officially cast, which is kind of weird. Um, but she's supposed to be in there. And then Vera from Maiga, who I love. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also, we were talking about um, Echo not too long ago. Oh, yeah. Al- yeah. Al- Alkea Cox is, is in the part. So that's cool, man. Um, that that this show has really come to fruition. I'm, this is when I'm probably, it's really, it's really up there for me next to, next to the winter soldier one, um, the captain America show. So I, um, I'm really, I, I want to see like the street level, just, you know, semi comedy, uh, show that they're going to be doing here. And just the addition of, 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 uh, Florence pug or whatever, um, I just think that's 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 such a big thing to grow this universe as well because we haven't seen what happens in Black Widow. We know what happens to Black Widow, but it's it's nice to see that they're they're continuing that that um I guess that role, quote unquote, uh in in the new in the new phase. Yeah. Um I agree with you as far as uh, excitement for this. Um, you know, I was a big fan of what uh, Matt Fraction did, and it seems like they might be going. Obviously, Marvel will take its spin on it, but a little bit more in, in that direction. Um, and reading some of these casting uh, news, it, it seems pretty interesting where they want to go with it. Yeah, I just, I just want to mention kind of just in the wake of all this, just the how we got the rights back to daredevil to the MCU. And now these shows oh, yeah. from the Netflix deal are kind of being folded back in. So I was reading something interesting just in terms of the budget comparison and why we got the type of show we did on Netflix. Like you and I enjoyed those shows for the most part. I thought they were good, but it wasn't, it wasn't Disney plus. It was not Disney plus budgeting. So that's kind of the exciting thing. And it was just kind of these comparisons of where, say like daredevil could fight somebody like stilt man you know in in an mcu show where you can do more fantastical um visual stuff that sometimes you know i felt was lacking in those shows where they could have done better supervillain stuff but they were stuck to what they had to do and they did a good enough job in my opinion but this these disney plus shows that are coming plus what we could be getting with the idea that they were talking to how hulu might get folded into disney plus um and give that kind of um, give Disney Plus that option to do uh, something else, you know, an R an R rated, maybe a little bit not totally R rated like they did before, but you know, a little bit darker shows. So uh, it's it's very exciting to see uh, to be coming out of twenty twenty. Yeah, it's um, it's cool because you know it seems like they've almost stretched their ideas as far as like let's just get weird, you know, let's go crazy, let's go full comic. Which is yeah. great. Yeah, WandaVision's a good good example of that. Oh yeah. Uh all right, so let's go over across the pond to DC. Uh we've got the Snyder Cut, which uh is supposed to be coming uh in the next few months. You know, they've always said it, it's gonna be probably early twenty twenty one. Um so those four 
hours of uh, of Snyder Vision uh, will be coming, and there you go. <laughs> hey, it changed this this WB thing changes everything for that movie though. At the same time, because before it was like, oh, they're putting the Snyder cut on HBO. All right, great, it's it's gonna be just there. But now all of the WB movies are there, which for the general movie watcher who's going to be like, yeah, I just, I'm going to sign up for HBO Max just to watch these movies. They're not going to know the difference and they're going to see this thing and they're going to, it's either going to be really good or it's going to be, yeah. And it's, and I don't think it's going to be bad. I mean, it can't be worse than the original movie. So, right. Um, I really want to see his, his vision. Um, and I'm excited to see more new God stuff, but I really feel like them moving their slate to HBO Max is going to benefit this movie a lot. Yep. Yep, 100%. 100%. And we'll talk a little bit, well, talk a lot more about it when we get down to the movie thing because their slate's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, okay, so Plastic Woman instead of Plastic Man. We're supposed to be getting a, a new take on the character written by Kat Vasco, who worked on Lumberjanes. Um, so this would be a female-led take on the character who is a is a is a thief really uh kind of slash turned superhero so um i love the character you want to change the uh gender on me fine honestly i don't care about that kind of stuff as long as the story's good you know female ghostbusters female plastic man like whatever it is you need to do just have the story be there that's all i care about I think putting anything in the category with female Ghostbusters could, I know. could be damaging. And it's okay, though. I, I forgive you. Um, yeah. I mean, Plastic Man was op- opted out. You know, it, it's been on the slate. And like you and I used to say, are they just throwing noodles at the wall or whatever? Um, they, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were. But now it's like, I, I, I fully believe that these things could actually happen now. Um, and that WB has finally kind of opened their eyes to making good comic book movies. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's Plastic Man's origin. And, I mean, we don't need any more white male characters. I mean, it's it's they're all interchangeable to a certain extent. So, do it. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's, we'll see. We got some time. <laughs> it's not coming anytime soon. So, uh, can you take this one because you're a little bit more familiar with the source material? I can. So we were we I, we talked about this when we talked about the the Wonder Girl show that got opted um, to the CW, and I was and I kind of said like I'm surprised that I haven't heard much from the Naomi front since it was such a popular comic when it came out. Uh, it was it was when Bendis was you know, jumping into the DC uh, universe and bringing along his, his jinx world stuff, um, which was kind of bleeding into the, the main DC, you know, canon and things like that. So um, yeah, this week it was announced that Eva du, uh, Duvernay, uh, I can't say names, Duvernay, so, my, whatever we got it. Exactly. Uh, Sufi Mark Q. Um, so um, Naomi is, ex- is ex- it's exciting because, um, Ava's working on the New Gods film. We know that. Um, so she's already got her hands in in the DC in the DC, um, you know, brew. So um, this show will be cool because it again it's it's highlighting a 
young um, colored woman uh, and who's a hero in her own right. And to make a show out of that, it this is the agenda that they're pushing. And it's great because they're bringing a lot of these characters that have not really been explored a whole lot. So you have a little bit more room to play around in that sandbox. Um, you have the ability to relate to kids, kids and, and, and other, you know, adults these days by doing this. And I just feel that stepping away from the Arrowverse and doing these shows on the CW, um, star girl and the wonder girl one. And now this it's smart. Yep. I agree. Bring out that diversity, bring on, you know, all, all of that good stuff, more, more different characters, you know? People want it, so that's awesome. Can't wait. Absolutely. Um, So going down here, we've got Legends of Tomorrow. Still going. Uh, Cast. (laughs) What? No, no, I was gonna, I I was gonna jump in on this one. Sure. Um, Just because that the reason why this show lasts is because it does something the other ones don't. Honestly. And I still want you to watch it because it's got your humor, honestly, a lot of it. So um, this is interesting because um, Nick Bishop is being cast in the Doctor Strangelove episode. And I'm really excited to see that, see what they how they treat that, Um, because it's just the the things they the different time periods they jump into and the different characters they cross paths with is just it gets really zany sometimes. So I thought this was a, a neat idea. Hmm. I, Hey, I, I should go back to it, honestly. Um, especially since I, like you said, they do some weird things. Do you want to take on this thing then? Oh man, I should just, I should just do all this DC stuff. You might as well just finish. That's right. <laughs> no, you should. Cause you, I know. yeah, you wrote it. So yeah. So also with legends of tomorrow, um, <laughs> This is huge. Uh, so David Ramsey is going to be coming back this season. And we know that it was left very open at the end of Crisis that he could be John Stewart Green Lantern. And we didn't really expect payoff payoff from that because we we not say I'm not saying expect. We expect it. We just I'm not going to get like all excited like they're going to do it and and because we kind of see this this Arrowverse does <laughs> dissolving to a certain extent um with these other shows we're talking about but he will return as Diggle across 5 Arrowverse episodes. So that's big. He will also direct 5 Arrowverse episodes including one of the new um Loves and Clark uh Superman and Lois shows. Uh so that's that's cool as well. But he has been cast in an unknown role on Legends of Tomorrow. So will we be seeing Green Lantern join the Arrowverse? Will we see a Green Lantern on Legends of Tomorrow? I hope so. Yeah, I mean, you, you say unknown, I'm using air quotes, role. It's it's Green Lantern. 100%. No way around it. It is what it is. And, and for that, you know, I taken a step back from the Arrowverse, but to see him step into that role that they've been teasing for years and years, I'll check out those episodes and uh, see what's going on with that. Absolutely. Uh, next up, little little secret here that we never knew about was uh, Jendi uh, Tark- 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 Tarkovowski. Sure. Uh, 
our, our favorite animator from from um, Samurai Jack and the Clone Wars and Primal and more now. Um, apparently, he had done some Superman shorts back in the day, and they never they were rejected um, for some reason. And um, I'm I these are the kind of things where I wish they would have happened now versus then because yeah. we would have gotten this. So we would have gotten a movie. Yeah, I. You know what? I watch some of those those shorts that they do, like those weird claymation ones and things like that. I'm just like, how did how does this stuff get through? Yeah. And this didn't. This I, I don't know. I don't know what the heck happens in the world anymore. It's just it blows my mind because he's so popular now. I mean, when did this happen? To like, I don't even know, man. I was um. It's funny because I was sorting through my comics the other day, and I found his Luke Cage series, his mini series that I, yeah. that he did back in 2016. I was like, Oh man, I forgot about that. And, um, I would just love to see his hand in more of these, these projects. Cause I love his touch and, and what he does with, with characters. hundred percent. Me too. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, last up, uh, Gotham Knights, uh, which the next, I, I don't want to say next chapter in the Arkham game series because it's really a new game, but it does fall in that category in a way. But coming out this year, it will be fully open world. Um, so in a world of open world games, um, you'll be able to explore the city in its entirety, um, which I always felt those games were pretty open for what they were. Uh, it really like, what was the second game? Arkham City. Yeah, Arkham City. My brain is dying today. Um, and I just got up. Uh, <laughs> Arkham City was great, and you know it was such it was such a departure from from uh, Arkham Asylum, which was very you know contained to a certain extent on that island, and gave us the full city. And I remember being so excited by that. You know, it was in the wake of the better game, Lego Batman Two, but um, or was it? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but um, it, I just I always felt those games were great. Uh, but we'll get. I guess we'll see what it really means to be open world in these. You know. Yeah, I, both night and city are pretty big. Um, like I would say on the scale, probably of like what we're getting out of these Spider Man, uh, where it's all of New York. I don't need it to be any bigger than that. Like I'm good. You know, I think those are pretty decent size. Gotham seems to be about the size of, of New York City. It, it's always been what? Chicago, right? Um, as what an emulation. Use? Yeah. Yeah. It's always. Yeah. It's like Chicago or New York or whatever they do. But in the game, I think you're right. Yeah. Metropolis is New York and Gotham is Chicago. And yeah. I can't remember. One of them is Detroit. But anyway, um, whatever. I don't care. I, sure. <laughs> I just. You know, it's it's funny because I just it's it's tough because like playing open world games like The Witcher and the Assassin's Creed games, I just wonder w- w- what what open world is to them because sometimes yes, I find exactly. you know it's if too it's much. right if it's a city and you don't have enough going stuff going on, it seems dead and it doesn't seem realistic to me sometimes. So it depends on how they deliver it, and that's why I think like how Spider-Man does it. It's sometimes it seems like there's nobody around me, but they've done a better job as, you know, the consoles have gone on to kind of deliver that experience. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. 
All right. So, uh, you want to jump over to Star Wars? Yeah, of course. We had an exciting um, week in Star Wars. It is. It's, it's, I'll, I'll take over here. All right. Um, Boba Fett. <laughs> Where? Where? Yeah. What? Mandalorian, uh, chapter 14. Um, you know, spoilers. It was bonkers. Um, it, it gave us some crazy things as far as, uh, you know, expanding the Mandalorian culture as well as expanding Boba Fett, the character and, um, Jango Fett. And the cool thing with that is this show is really serving as a backdoor pilot to a couple things. Um, definitely an Ahsoka series. And, you know, they've been hinting at a Boba Fett something since Josh Trank was supposed to be taken on <laughs> the the movie. But, you know, he's a character that they've had in their back pocket forever. And um, seeing him fully realized in this week's Mandalorian episode um, only drove the point home that even if it's a limited series, you know, eight episodes or whatever, I think we'd all like to really see that. Um, so they're already throwing out um, some some casting rumors <laughs> like as to a uh, young Django Fett so we can get some backstory around what he's doing. And it's just, uh, you know, what do you think of all this? What do I think about all this? Oh, man, there was um, it was like Christmas came early for me this week. Mm-hmm. Um being a Bullet Fett fan, um, loving, you know, that that the Mandalorian mystery for so long, right? It was, you know, Filoni did a lot for the Mandalorian, you know, backstory in, in, in the Clone Wars. And now we have the Mandalorian show. Look at all this stuff that spun out of a character from 40 years ago that just came on screen. He has hardly any lines, looks cool, gets punked in Return of the Jedi becomes one of the most popular Star Wars characters of all time based on nothing besides capturing Han Solo of course that was that that takes some skill to a certain extent except you stuck up on him but nonetheless I love it I think that what they did this week finally answers that lifelong argument of of Star Wars fans um it gives actual meaning behind Jango Fett and Boba Fett more than being thieves or criminals or whatever whatever or however people wanted to look at them or were told to look at them in the past so i think i think it was important and i think that everything they do on this show has just continued to excite longtime star wars fans while developing love for the modern as well i just such a good show yeah it, it really really is and um have enjoyed it every single week and uh really can't wait to see what they come up with in these next two episodes because we're winding down and you know we can speculate which we often do in our star warriors group if you haven't listened to any of our podcasts you can go back and listen to just how much we speculate and love star wars on those standalone episodes but uh yeah uh very excited to see what's happening next yeah and it this kind of ties back to the Marvel shows a little bit as well uh, with this Bubba filming, because we didn't really know when the next Star Wars, like we know Mando season three is coming. So we know that's probably in October again, but what's before that? I mean, you know, we'll talk about Cassian in a second. 
they there was the rumors that Boba Fett had already started shooting. If this casting sh- rumors are correct, then it's really kind of getting fast tracked. Mm-hmm. So we'll see that what maybe in the summer, right? So there's not really anything Star Wars truly lined up until way down the line. So I'm excited to see what they can actually get done, fill in on top of the Marvel shows because it's nice to switch back and forth, but we're going to get to the point where it's like we're watching Marvel and, and Star Wars at the same time. And it's just going to be so much content. Yeah, it is a, it's a great time to be alive (laughs) Mm -hmm. in the, in the geek world anyway. (laughs) Absolutely. In the geek world. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Okay. So what else do we got? Uh, you already said Cassian's filming. Uh, Obi-Wan is starting up soon, uh, probably in the new year out in Boston. Uh, we have rumors now of, in addition to the Bad Batch uh, series, which is coming, um, we might be getting a High Republic animated series. Um, you know, it was supposed to come out this year in the summer, but now the big thing is uh, next year, uh, we'll be getting the High Republic starting in January for the Charles Soule book, right? Correct. Correct. And then from there, the onslaught begins on a whole new era, um, which is, what is it, 100 years before? Five, 500? 300? Is it 500? It's three or it's more than 100. Okay, I, so yeah. a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, <laughs> the High Republic takes place before Phantom Menace, and uh, we might be getting an animated series of that. Um, until I know these characters, until I know what they're really getting ready, you know, we always say any Star Wars is good Star Wars, or at least more Star Wars is good Star Wars. Um, so for that, I'm excited, but I don't have any real thoughts on on that. The High Republic was 300 to 100 years before the Battle of Yavin. So we're all correct. All of the above. Uh, so 100 years before the Battle of Yavin, which is still then, like, what, 20 years before A New Hope? Okay. Interesting. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Just, I mean, if the Republic, the Republic is the Republic, it's just the high time of the Republic. It's right. It's all the same. It'll be interesting to see more from this. I, I am very excited um, that the tease of that new book, the second book that's coming out later, later next year about the, about the Witcher in space, uh, the fourth sensitive monster hunter is, is, is just, getting me really excited for for what what's coming um it's new content it's something we've we've not seen before it's jedi a new role it's new bad guys viking-esque bad guys who so there's a lot of there's a lot of fun to be had and um this animated series is expected uh you know we we've talked about this at length about um, what Shadows did for Star Wars in the mid '90s. Um, now Star Wars doesn't need that now. It doesn't need a re- revigorization or whatever. But um, just to do a media event, you know, we were kind of like, are they just doing books and comics? There's no way when they have a streaming service. So I have a feeling we'll see more than just this animated series down the line. Right. Yeah, I completely agree. So it's uh, yeah, it should be interesting. I'm sure we're going to see a lot more. Um, and then finally, Star Wars news, uh, you know, as we said at the top of the episode um, with David Prowse passing away uh, over in the city of Bristol, 
they actually erected a statue of Darth Vader, which is in his hometown. So I thought that that was a really cool, uh, respectful thing. And it's pretty awesome. Uh, the character will obviously always be <laughs> remembered. He helped, you know, behind the camera, he was a bodybuilder. He helped train Christopher Reeve for Superman. And he did a lot of work with uh, Hammer movies, uh, those horror movies. And, I mean, the guy wasn't just Darth Vader to a lot of people. He was in in cinematic history. Absolutely. Um, just, a, just, a, just a wonderful guy from what I've read. I'm really it, it's it's I think it's really awesome that these statues are going up in the world like Captain America Batman and, and, and stuff, Batman. Yeah. It's just like it really speaks like what if like our society was gone and all these aliens came down. And they found these statues and it's like, who is this bat bat creature? And who is this dark helmet guy? You know, it's pretty kind of interesting. <laughs> oh, my God. That's Good super time. funny. I wish. Um so let's 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 finish up this half of the show with a little comic news. Uh just just to for you for you sequel fans out there who are waiting for this, you know, Rise of Skywalker ad- adaptation got canceled by Marvel. Uh I'm not really surprised by this. I just, you know, with Marvel and these other companies cutting back um on on titles and and trying to save money during this crisis, um I just I, the movie wasn't popular enough to really deem this. It sucked for people who are kind of completists and would be like, oh, you know, I really wanted those. But I I think I bought The Force Awakens one when I was very excited for these movies, and then I just stopped. So, um, you know what I'm saying. So uh, that's that's about that for Marvel news on, on my end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, whatever. You know, I just, they don't, necessarily add anything to me i take those i take the movies as presented i guess for lack of a better word and very rarely do they shed light on something that i wasn't like oh okay that's great the books do a lot of the time the novels um will do things that the movie like go into the storylines that yeah or you know like like the um, run to the sith book has things in there that are just like wow, why didn't you put that in the movie? So, um, yeah, no comic for you guys. Sorry. A um, couple uh, original graphic novels coming out from DC. Now these are these are a lot of fun. Um, I think that these are a nice um, addition to the DC world, uh, especially for younger readers. Uh, the first one is going to be called "I Am Not Starfire." Uh, it's about Starfire's daughter, who is actually a goth kid. And it's it's kind of um, a coming of age story, um, you know, kind of coming to grips that I don't want to be my mother. I, mm. I, I it's it's that kind of story. So she takes on like this goth um, persona um, and, and 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 which is the exact opposite of Starfire, you know, who's so bubbly and colorful and all that stuff. So um, that's coming out. Um, and that is by Mariko. Tamaki and uh, are by Yoshi Yoshitani. Yeah, again, you know, I think it's one of those things that DC does a really good well, uh, good job with, which is um, really kind of diversifying their portfolio <laughs> of titles that they put out. So, um, yeah, that's pretty exciting. I love that. Yep. And then the um, the other one is called House of L, the Shadow Threat, which is um, 
a reinventation of Superman lore. Uh, it's going to be by Claudia Claudia Gray and by artist Eric Zawadiski. Uh, sorry, guys. Um, but it's a it's a brand new story um, coming out this year, and it's it's going to just like I said, it's going to reinvent this whole Superman Superman lore. Um, it's a first a new trilogy uh, about Starcrest lovers. And, um, you know, that sounds very much like Lost Stars, right? I was going to say, so Claudia Gray's <laughs> doing Lost Stars for DC. Okay. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> I'll, hey, first of all, I love Lost Stars, so you don't have to convince me. But also, I've loved everything that Claudia Gray, you know, I've only read her Star Wars stuff, but I love it. So, um, sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll check it out. Yep. And this is this is the thing. Um and kind of this addressing this rumor that that I read probably about a week ago about DC's future um, and going straight to this this OGN uh, formatting. I don't believe that they'd get rid of comics. Yeah, but I can see in this environment, in this in this in this economy, where if you're not making money on books like that, but you're making it on actual books that you're selling in stores and and elsewhere where comics are a little bit more limited um it's 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 tough like i don't want to say that comics are going to go by the wayside and i don't think they will but i can see the argument from companies if that was the case right um yeah i don't think comics are going away but they you know just like you said we'll see (laughs) yep and with that, I think it's a good time to take a commercial. What you don't realize is that it ain't easy. It is hard goddamn work making something this bitch look like a geek. So I must be doing it for a reason. It's you. It's always been you. And it's worth fighting. All you have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to you. Join me. Gutsy Media Podcast, because movies are our life. From the far reaches of the galaxy to an internet location near you, we're Don'tForgetATowel.com, your daily source for geeky pop culture news, reviews, interviews, and so much more. So as you're hitchhiking your way through the universe, don't forget to travel safe, and don't forget a towel. Fat Comics is the publishing branch of Don'tForgetATowel.com, the only place to travel geekly. Focusing on creator-owned and independent titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic, and Fairy, and many more. DFAT Comics will be a mix of genres appealing to every kind of reader. Join the new source of comic book entertainment with DFAT Comics. All right, we're back after those commercials. And first things up, we have our category of crowd sorcery. So this is stuff that we find on, you know, Kickstarter, Indiegogo, whatever. Typically Kickstarter. But first things first is uh, Greg Hildebrandt's Red Sonia. So the artist behind um, some of Star Wars' most iconic imagery. Um, you know, as far as the posters go... He did his own kind of Star Wars homage with Red Sonia. Um, they had a $500 goal, which is probably how much he cost to, to draw it. I don't know. But they've already made 
$43,000 off of it from Dynamite. So um, that's crazy. <laughs> really makes you think about what would happen if you got somebody with a little name behind him to uh, do some defect comic stuff. You know, it's, uh, uh, it's just a, you know, it's just a cover, right? Right. But I mean, it brings people's to it. You know, no, like, I, I'm you know, saying it's, like it's all it is. Right. Exactly. It's all, all it is is a cover. Like maybe it's worth spending the five hundred dollars to get it drawn up if you're gonna make forty three thousand dollars off of it. Granted, Red Sonia is a right. known uh you know character throughout the years and et cetera, but um twenty twenty one goals. So that's going on. You can check that out on Kickstarter now. Um and then we talked about this a few weeks ago, Mythic Legions. Um, they're coming out with a uh, video game, like a tactics game. Um, so that's going to get announced on the 14th uh, as far as how their crowdfunding is going to go for that. So um, stay tuned. We're recording this on the 6th, so about a week. Um, okay, let's get over to TV news. Uh, Vikings, the final season. Uh, that's going to be showing up on Amazon Prime. Uh, on December 30th, all of the episodes for the show will uh, air at once before it even hits History Channel, right? right. Which is that's correct. Weird, I guess. I guess. I mean, the show is all. I mean, they must have the rights to the show now. They must have purchased it, purchased it for maybe they own the History Channel. I don't know. Who knows what Amazon owns anymore? But um, I thought this was interesting. Uh, it was, you know, History Channel's first scripted series. Right. Uh, it's a very good show. Uh, it's 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 a historic, you know, it's to a certain extent accurate. Um, and that's I think that's what's even better about it, uh, that it's gotten this much love um, and that it's it's kind of just it's it's finally wrapping up after this long. That's that's really amazing to me. And um, I think that more people who haven't watched it who are now probably playing Valhalla will be watching it as well. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's cool, man. I mean, it's, 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 it's a funny thing to start getting into Viking culture in Western society because of all the, all the crap that they've gotten thrown at them, you know, who they are and what they were. Um, but when you learn about it, it's, it's actually quite amazing how much more advanced they were than, than, than some societies. So that's all I'm going to say. No, hey, that's awesome, and it's check it out. It's coming if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, which most people are, uh, especially in the pandemic. All right, <laughs> John Barrowman will be reprising his role as Captain Jack Hartness uh, from Doctor Who in the upcoming holiday special. Um, he premiered in, I think it was in David Tennant's run. Um, at least that's what I remember him the most in, and uh, he'll be there in the Revolution of the Daleks. And the Daleks are supposed to be getting an update. So holiday what? specials are always fun um, for the Doctor Who fans and uh, excited to see what that means. <laughs> 100%. And, okay, we've got Gremlins. Um, you know, they're supposed to be going to HBO Max. There's an animated series supposedly in the works. This live action series may be in the works. And if so, they said that they will be sticking to puppets. You know, since Grogu is basically, you know, uh, what's his name? Gizmo. It makes no sense that they wouldn't <laughs> yeah, sell Gizmo, more toys. <laughs> Gizmo is the OG Baby Yoda, for those yeah. of you who don't know that. Yeah. Um, so it's nothing new, honestly. I mean, yeah, it's cute, but 
Gizmo has been doing this for years, and it's time for him to come back and take his crown. 100%. I agree. Uh, you fans of The Expanse, it is another show that is ending uh, on Amazon Prime as well. Uh, <laughs> so season six will be the last of that, uh, and that should be coming out in 2021. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get on that show. I um, I know you had a hard time starting it and couldn't need me to kind of test the waters. So, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably chalk it up there with like Battlestar Galactic, and you should watch that first. I 100% agree with you. <laughs> that one's more on top of my list. Uh, Joss Whedon leaves the Nevers. Um, this was that show. It was like Victorian future space women. Um on hbo basically he just said that he couldn't handle it anymore and quit not quite (laughs) sure what that means uh but it's over and he's gone and i'm assuming a new showrunner will come and take on because i think that show was supposed to come out this year and obviously covid switched a lot of things up but um who knows what's going on with joss waited man and at this point he's kind of like he left on a high note with avengers and that was it at this point (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he gets a lot of crap for Justice League, unfortunately. And then with Justice League having so many issues with, like, Ray Fisher and all that garbage, um, I just, I feel bad for Joss Whedon for a certain extent. I I know that there is some truth to some of that stuff out there, but at the same time, I just feel like he's a guy doing his job. um, And maybe he wants to distance himself from WB, honestly. I, I feel like... I would uh, in that situation. I'd be like, well, who else wants me to do stuff for you? You know, Warner Brothers wants to kind of play politics. So I'm I'm open, you know, Star Wars universe. Right. And, and you might be right. Maybe it is something around. He's already had enough controversy. Maybe he doesn't want more. So. Well, that's the other thing, um, which was interesting to read about this, this, this new Mando episode where Rob, Robert Rodriguez was not even the first choice that that John Favreau called him as, as a ringer, as a backup, because that, that director fell through and he had to direct this episode, um, which I was like, yeah, that's, that makes a lot of sense anyhow. But I was kind of like, this stuff could happen at any point where you just have somebody drop in and do a move, you know, do an episode or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, we watched the chef show where they're clearly friends. He went over to his house and made pizza. (laughs) So, Call him up. You know, Robert Rodriguez can shoot something in two seconds with a cheaper budget and and make one of the best episodes that we've seen so far. So, <laughs> though we yeah. say it every week, um, yeah. Ducktales, uh, the reimagining uh, is ending. Uh, the current season, the third season, is going to be its official last one. Um, I don't really know why. It just, you know, it seems like a lot of people got into it. They they put out a bunch of toys, and I've only heard good things about it. But uh, that's it. I guess it's uh, it's game over. Yeah, it's weird. It got a, it's got the Darkwing Duck spinoff coming. Yeah. Um, yep. Maybe maybe that's it. I I don't know why it couldn't coexist, but maybe they just want to shift concentration and, and efforts to that. You know, so. I don't know. Um, I was kind of surprised by that as well. So I don't know. We'll see. Maybe they just want to do. Who knows, man? Things are so crazy. Like Adventure Time is coming back, though. Like, you know, some certain things will like you said, Darkwing Duck. You know, we never know. At this point, nothing is really over. 
<laughs> exactly. It's hiatus for now. It's hiatus. And then finally, um, Blood of Zeus, that Netflix series, is getting a second season. So people really did respond to that. And uh, it's coming up. So that's good because, I mean, with Powerhouse Creative, they're not doing Castlevania right now. So that's that's kind of sad. They're doing Wait, E-Man. No, right? season four. They've already showed those pictures of season four from Castlevania. Well, that exists. Yeah. Before all that, before all that turmoil, or they're yeah. doing it without him. I don't know, but no, a couple of weeks ago they showed stuff saying season four is coming. Oh my god, that's yeah, the best best news. Yeah, sorry, I I don't know, you know, because we did take a little bit of break with like Thanksgiving and stuff, guys. But yeah, Castlevania season four is, yeah, it's coming. Um, awesome. I don't, yeah, you know, is Warren Ellis's name still attached and and all that stuff? Probably. I can't imagine they just completely uh, do that. But yeah, we got another new look at Trevor as well as as Saifa. Um, and it's it's currently in production uh, right now. I mean, that's something that can go on. The show can go on without Warren Ellis, honestly, like uh, he messed up. But the show was solid. You know, and it's it's popular and you've got other people out there that can write it. So right. there's no need to sweep it underneath the carpet. Just move on and, and keep going with this amazing animation company that you guys have attached to all your projects. Yeah, that's so sorry. That's what I was going to say. It's um, he teased it out on on Thanksgiving. So that's why I kind of got lost. <laughs> Most people are eating turkey. <laughs> All right, uh, big piece of movie news this week. Oscar Isaac was cast as Solid Snake in the Metal Gear Solid movie made by Sony, which means, I'm sorry, Oscar Isaac, but you've attached yourself to probably a shit production. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, to me, seems like something they can nail down and get right, I feel. <laughs> um, but it is uh, Sony, and it is a video game movie, so I'm I'm going to say... Let's let's hold off for now. But happy for Oscar Isaac because you're a great actor and you deserve every role you get. And you being a project makes me really excited. But uh, like I said, we'll see. He's the guy he wrote. So here's the, the guy who wrote it. Worked on some great movies. Safety Not Guaranteed being his first one, which I absolutely love. Which then he, were, he went on to Jurassic World. Meh. Pokemon, good. Like <laughs> he helped Tre- Trevor do episode nine. Um, so like he's got a very, you know, up and down. And Metal Gear is a fucking weird ass property. Hideo Kojima is weird. So that's where I'm just like, I don't know. With Sony too, I just don't know. <laughs> it just seems like it's a little more grounded to a certain extent as well than say like Monster Hunter. Um so they could really just dig into that that's that's special ops side of it and then then get into like the giant machine and and whatnot. So and the cool bad guys, of course. But right. you know, all that's all of that, if you can just take what they did in the original game and make that a movie, yeah. That's all you gotta do. Just, exactly. just stop doing your own thing, like machine guns and stuff and just monster yeah. Um and, and bad jokes that get you banned out of China. That's it. Uh, Gal Gadot is going to be starring in a new franchise um, called, uh, geez, I literally just, Heart of Stone, um, which is from Greg Rucka, 
uh, comic book extraordinaire. And he, this year he did the old guard, which was its own beginning of its own franchise uh, in its own right, um, which was really great. So he's working on that with that with her. It's supposed to be putting a female spin on franchises like Mission Impossible and 007, um, which always is like, that's just like one of those taglines to me. Cause it's like, isn't anything like with a spy? Like, I, I don't, I don't know. Right. You tell me, you tell me to write these taglines for our comics. <laughs> People do. This is it. <laughs> Right, for DFAT Comics, you're right. People do want the tagline to say, it's a female version of James Bond meets Mission Impossible. Or why couldn't you just say, it's a Charlie's Angels? Because that is also (laughs) that. You know what I mean? Like, do you have to say it's the female version of these things when they already exist? So that's all. It's just, to me, some of that kind of stuff is stupid. But regardless, I will watch it. And then it begs the question why we haven't had a female James Bond. So, Well, we are going to get our first female 007 in No Time to Die. So very excited about that. Uh, Johnny Depp is out. Mads Mikkelsen is in. That's kind of all I really have to say about it because I don't watch that franchise. I don't super care about it. And I like Mads Mikkelsen. But unless they do something wildly different in this new movie, I don't even know if I'll watch it. Yeah, I... um. You know, I watched the first one, and I, I I I liked it. I was I watched it at home after it came out and stuff like that. I I missed it in theaters, and 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 I like Harry Potter. I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan like some of you, especially you. Me. But um, uh, <laughs> but I I love that universe, and I love what they're doing. But when I watched the second movie, I was like, what is this? I I couldn't get into it. It just it didn't really push any of those buttons for me, and. The whole Johnny Depp mess kind of upsets me as well. So I'm just kind of just totally disenfranchised from that from that trilogy. Yeah, I love Mads Mikkelsen, like you said, and he does gold at everything he like he he puts his puts his acting into. So um, I will watch it for closure to these the series, but just what a mess. Yep, I that's it. I don't know. Like you said, don't have much to say. More to say on this next one. Peter Dinklage <laughs> is walking into the role of, uh, of um, gosh, no, I'm horrible with names today. But anyway, he's going to be joining Toxic Avenger uh, in the reboot for that. Um, you know, I'm a huge trauma fan for the most part, and I am a Toxic Avenger fan. And Martin Marvin Smiley, that's what his name is. Uh, so he'll be taking on that role. And um Melvin, Melvin Smiley. Jeez. So <laughs> wait, he was he's the one that turns into the Toxic Avenger, right? Yeah, so oh, okay. I bet you anything, it's like he's Peter Dinklage, and then he gets into the toxic waste, and then it becomes whoever they, you know, do it. I don't think it will be Peter Dinklage, and you know, maybe he'll just voice the character after that. <laughs> I um yeah, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um for so yeah i'm excited for that and then finally in movie news we've got uh julius avery who directed um overlord which is a fantastic world war ii zombie movie it was very cool um it's he's gonna be taking on a new van helsing movie which james wan is producing yeah i um james wan is 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 actually what really gets me excited about this um i 
I didn't mind the Hugh Jackman Van Helsing movie, but I think that it was also kind of, you know, if you're not a fan of the mummy movies, if you're not kind of like that bigger, more fun side of it, um, you might not enjoy it. But James Wan getting in there could bring a little bit of the creep and uh, the, you know, the spooky to it a little bit more. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where those universal monsters and however they look, they can go on forever. So, <laughs> like, like keep bringing them. You know, I'll watch it. I'll be there. Yep, hundred percent. All right. So let's jump over to to gaming news. Uh, the game that keeps on giving, Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, it just it was one of the one of the games that got the ps5 upgrade immediately i guess i should say next gen console upgrade but we're a little specific here um the game is getting movie skins from the from the mortal kombat movie so that'd be fun to play as your favorite actors from that hit movie you mean christopher from the 90s exactly, exactly. Oh. there can there be only one <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know if it could be him i gotta look at the details but oh, okay i would I'll be kind of i don't care <laughs> exactly um so it will include Actors Christopher Lambert as Raiden, okay. <laughs> Linda Ashby as Johnny Cage, there we and go. Bridget Wilson as Sonya Blade. They already have Shang Tsung. Um, the actor actually came and played that role for this game. Yeah, he um, did. That's so that was that was the cool thing that actually happened before this. So this kind of led into that. Um, so if you're a fan of the greatest video game movie of all time, speaking of that today, um, go get them skins. It's arguably. I will say that for sure. Um, the Switch has great emulators for both classic Nintendo and Super Nintendo. And uh, there's been a lot of speculation about what's coming next. I think that Nintendo is taking full advantage of taking and porting six N64 games and selling them. So I don't see them going to that step quite yet, um, even though older systems had N64 emulators. So... Go ahead, Nintendo. Keep making your money off Super Nintendo 64 all you want, but yeah. please, at least give us, um, you know, a couple of those Zelda games. <laughs> uh, and Metro, Metroid Primes, please. Um, but the the interesting thing is that uh, there's a lot of speculation out there that perhaps Game Boy and GBA are going to get an emulator, um, which would be kind of cool because there are some really great titles from that system. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm, I'm all about it. I'll be there. <laughs> and, um, if, you know, if you thought PS5 was great for the, you know, the last month, there'll be a PS5 Pro perhaps soon. <laughs> I don't know. This uh, is kind of a mill here. Um, because just because of the, um, the portability and trying to compete with Switch and all of the above, um, and remote play and all that stuff. So PS Vita is kind of out the door now. Uh, it does not have PS5 support, so if you are trying to do a remote play on the go, you can get the app for your phone and things like that. But it looks like there may be um, an extra processor. I, I forgot what it is. It's like a schematic for an extra processor on the PS5, which makes it a PS5 Pro, um, just to handle um, what they are kind of hinting at is a new handheld system that will be based totally on um you know, street like streaming from your PlayStation Five in the cloud. Okay, that's that makes sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, at this point, 
everything's probably going to be cloud-based as far as definitely with handheld systems. Um, so I think that totally makes sense. Uh, a PS5 Pro announced this early, and it's not official, is a little kind of annoying because <laughs> it's like, should we have just waited? Yeah. <laughs> um and what does that even mean uh it's supposed to get dual processors like i'm sorry why wouldn't you just have done it at the beginning and i just would have paid for that at the beginning so anyway um that would annoy me and i hope that's not the case but whatever (laughs) i mean honestly at this point it's like if i can boot up my playstation 5 and play it on my phone anyhow i'm not i don't need a ps5 pro i didn't need a ps pro for years that's why I went from my old PS4 to a PS5. I, I, I had I could justify that because I was ready for that upgrade um, that some people were enjoying already. But I'm I'm not really an on-the-go gamer, so I I can see the the want to do something like this, but I could see it in a couple of years. That's it. Get yeah. your stock under control first. Yeah, hundred percent, exactly. <laughs> so, um, with that being said, Chris, what time is it? It is time for the pursuit of plastic. All right, toy enthusiasts and toy lovers, uh, not not a whole lot of news. It's been a crazy fall leading up to the holiday season, but. Um, we did get some more Hasbro announcements, which, you know, is is not a surprise anymore week after week and, you know, paycheck after paycheck. But um, <laughs> uh, Hasbro has unleashed uh, a preview of some pretty cool Marvel Legends coming up based on House and Power of X, uh, the Hickman X-Men relaunch. Um, and so we'll be getting figures like Bearded Wolverine, which I'm probably going to have to get, which that head sculpt is awesome. Um also, you know, Cyclops and Marvel Girl and the weird and exotic looking Professor X <laughs> and uh, Magneto and, of course, Moyer McTaggart and uh, some really cool uh, characters we have not seen in in the scale yet. So I, I I give Hasbro a lot of a lot of props for being able to just keep up on these modern characters Um as sometimes you don't see them getting the toy treatment as soon as this. Yeah, you don't, you know, uh, this isn't something I was really expecting. Typically it's years later, like you said, that you really get these, these new uh, runs, but I want that professor X man. And I hate Cyclops, but I kind of want it. Cause I didn't get the Mezco one. And I, I, I'd, I'd rather spend $25 on, on Cyclops because I hate him, uh, <laughs> than the other one, but just to kind of have a complete collection there. Um, it's worth it to me, I think. So I want, uh, 90% of these. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Yeah. They're pretty awesome. Um, and really, I just I feel like they've really upped their game uh, for the most part. Some face sculpts are off here and there, but their figures at that price range have just become a standard, um, and it's affordable for everybody, which is which is yeah. great. Yep. Um, also, we'll be getting a, uh, an updated Modok and an updated Ultron, both comic accurate. Uh, we haven't seen a Modok since the Build a Figure from the Toy Biz days. Uh, and this one's cool. It comes with alternate face 
like another mouth once closed, once open, so you can put them with all your aim soldiers you've been collecting for the last couple of years, pack after pack. So, um, I, you know, with Modok being in the game, Modok being here, Modok's coming to the big screen eventually or the small screen. So I'm, I have a feeling that we'll see Modok maybe in 2021. Besides the Hulu TV show, <laughs> Modok is everywhere. Modok is you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then the up, an up, an updated classic Ultron figure as well. So get your bad guys on. Uh, our friends over at Shell Giant and Diamond Select Toys, uh, that merger is going strong as now DST is another licensed uh, company that can do Star Wars toys, which is really awesome. They put out that mall and that Boba Fett this year. Um, so I'd like to see that competition happening. But um, on the gentle giant side of things, we're getting the Mandalorian Beskar Pauldron minibusk uh, bust, and also um, from Star Wars Squadrons, uh, the Havina Von Rigg Legends and 3D bust. So, uh, you know, some Gentle Giant does collectibles more a little bit higher end, uh, but they really hit it home with those the busts they do and both of those are will be a nice welcome addition to somebody's collection yeah you know like you said higher quality they're around 175 bucks for those um but it's also limited um so they are collector's items but if you've ever seen any of their other busts they really do pretty much go above and beyond um you know other statues of that sort and the other thing that's really cool is that you know if you can't afford that price tag dst will typically do you know like an action centric uh mini bus for half the cost and um it's still really high quality in itself yeah i'm i'm looking forward to see if they get any of those the, for their pvc gallery or whatever they're called yeah DST, some star wars stuff um kind of in light of the old star wars unleashed statues from hasbro um those very affordable action figure quality but you know in action poses and you can switch out some stuff statues um so i'm excited to see as as disney kind of lets people have you know have that license what they do with it um because i don't like monopolies i don't like having to buy from one company because i just make i sometimes i feel like it makes them lazy but we know that I think that Disney has kind of pushed Hasbro to do better um, with probably the threat of the license, honestly. So it would um, make me do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, we're still buying or, you know, figure arts from Japan. Uh, they can't get them imported here. You have to buy them. You know, it's it's a tough game. And I feel that it's probably going to change sooner than later. Yep, me too. Uh, and then last up today. In Mezco News, uh, they put up for pre-order this week their Static X Conan statue, uh, one-six scale, uh, swappable parts. Looks great, a decent price point. Uh, so now Mezco is uh, taking that step into the statue realm of collectibles. Yeah, this was a, a surprise. You know, you know, I guess they had never really said like when it was going to come out. Um, just kind of hinted at it before. It was cool to see it. Uh, the swappable parts makes it, you know, a little bit more active than a statue. And, 
you know, not that I again, we're not knocking on Gentle Giant, but it is at the same price point. It's 175 bucks, or no, sorry, it's 225. It's it is $50 more. So, in the same realm, you know, at that point, kind of quibbling, but uh, yeah, it's it's very interesting. And uh, if I had the money, I might consider it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's always you got to pick and choose these days. It's that's the tough part, but at least. But like at least this. we have the variety. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's amazing these days what's out there. So get out there. There's something for everybody, as we always say. That's it. So, Chris, where can you find us? Uh, we're at a little website called Don'tForgetAtowel.com. Uh, indie News, the home of DFAT Comics, and, of course, where you can find our podcast network featuring this show, Towel I Talk. Uh, you know, geekly news and, and just a little banter from us. And then... Um, of course, Star Warriors, which is our roundtable Star Wars discussion podcast, which we have another one coming up this month. So look forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, thank you guys for listening to the last 185, now 186 episodes. That means a lot. Uh, you know, it's Christmas coming up here um, soon for those who celebrate it. And uh, yeah, we so we'll see how frequent we can get these episodes out. Like you said, we got a Star Warriors then we have the holidays, and then stay tuned for some big comic news. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, I just was saying um, maybe we should discuss doing a end of, our end of the year favorites. Episode. I did want to do that. Yeah, for sure. Maybe close out our season. You know, like we've always talked about, but not really stopping numbering or anything. <laughs> our, we'll cl- we'll close winter. out the season uh, this year with a Star Warriors, and then a best of twenty twenty for. However, that looked. Um, well, actually, a lot of things happened in 2020. Good things. So, in the geek, I think so. So, um, yeah, we'll do that. And uh, so, stay tuned for those. And guys, this is Casey saying, go out there and read some comics. And this is Chris saying, don't forget a towel. <laughs>